Well, Father, we thank you this morning for your word that's forever settled in heaven and that your word is what settles us. CNN can't do it. ESPN can't do it. MSNBC can't do it. And I thank you that you're building a counterculture to the world. Not a subculture. The church is not a subculture that just runs parallel with whatever the world's culture is doing. We're a counterculture. We're a contrast. A culture, a community, an atmosphere of people that look and act and think different than the world. And I thank you for that. And that, Lord, we have nothing to fear because all of heaven and earth backs walking your way. Nothing in heaven and earth backs living man's way. Nothing. But it all backs us. You are our authority. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe that? Do you understand that? All of heaven and earth backs living life the way it was designed to be lived in righteousness, peace, and joy. Back on July the 10th. By the way, Kyle, is Kyle here this morning? Uh, Okay, he did a great job last week. He really did. You know, I mentioned, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Maybe he'll catch it online. Hello, Kyle, if you're watching. We're all rowing in the same direction. And that makes us very dangerous to the enemy. I thank God for the clarity of clean air he has brought to Grace Church over the last couple of months. Just the unity, the reconciliation, uh, and now just rowing in the same direction. So on July the 10th at Prayer Shield, Christy Whitlock had prayed, Father, what begins in this building must be exemplified by our living connected to you all week long. We need to live connected to him all week long. Show us how to embrace your kingdom culture. And so here's what we've covered so far. If we're going to embrace the culture of our father's kingdom, which is in contrast to the world, we're not going to keep running parallel as a subculture to our the culture all around us because it's full of death and deception and it's very dark. We are people of light and life and love. Amen. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So we're a contrast to the culture all around us. And we really should stick out like a sore thumb because light shines brightest in darkness. And this is, this is our hour. You know how many times we keep hearing the word from Esther for such a time as this. Well, he's doing it. So let's get in on what he's doing. Let's participate. So to embrace our Father's culture, we embrace our true identity in Christ. We embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the kingdom is in dunamis. 1 Corinthians 4.20 The kingdom is not in word, words, speech. The kingdom is in power. It's in dunamis. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And since the coming of the Holy Spirit who came... Without measure, because Jesus Christ died for the world's sins. Did you notice that? The timing of that. John 7, verse 37 through 39 says that the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus wasn't yet glorified. Where He goes to the cross, dies for all of our sins, so that the Father now gives the Holy Ghost with both hands. To who? The most deserving? No, whoever recognized their need of it. He never asked you, the nature of the kingdom is not achieved, it's received. 
Hebrews 12:29 we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. John chapter 1 verse 12 to as many as received him to them he gave the power to become children of God. Aren't you glad he took the criteria out of your performance and just said, "Are you willing? Will you acknowledge you need me?" Because he gave, you know, the Holy Spirit with pinches and sprinkles in the Old Testament just for a, an assignment, and then he'd take him back. But once the cross had, had taken care of mankind's sin issue, here comes the Holy Ghost in fullness for whoever would receive. So we embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. We embrace the Lordship of Jesus. What's that mean? It means do what he says. If he says, forgive your neighbor, forgive. And remember that it's for your good. Whatever he asks you to do is for your well-being. If he says, bake that guy at work a cake who rubs you the wrong way, then do it. Amen? I mean, your other choice is, let me build a case to justify my unrighteous anger. Let me build a case uh, in my, in my uh, defense of why I'm so ugly to this person. And our excuse is going to sound something like, because he's so ugly to me. Remember the little, the two three-year-olds, Johnny and Billy, and then Johnny slugs Billy? We're like, what are you doing? And what did he say? He did it to me first. Now you can live with the motto, well, he did it to me first, if you're talking about Jesus Christ. Woo, that's good. (laughs) you can live by that motto if you're talking about the one you call Lord and President of your life. Whatever He's done to you, let Him do it through you. Number four, embrace the health and healing of the Father's kingdom. We've done this. And there are people battling illness. So let's continue to cover each other. Let's continue to pray for each other. Matthew 11, 11, the kingdom suffers opposition. You didn't think the devil was just going to roll over, did you? And say, wow, they're, they're embracing all the health and healing of the kingdom of God at Grace Church. I, I guess I better just let him do it. No, he'll challenge the word. He'll challenge the word. But it doesn't stop us. So let's continue to advance his kingdom, embrace the health and healing of our Father's kingdom. I didn't finish the scripture. The kingdom suffers violence, but the violent take it back by force. Jesus has already bound the strong man. As soon as we went public with that information, (laughs) we started getting attacks, myself included. All right, number five, stay immersed in the presence of God. We're people of His presence. Let me recap this. Acts 4.13. Now, when they saw the boldness of the people of Grace Church, they saw Matt Bacon and they saw Ron Garman and they saw Brian Cannon and their boldness and they perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men. They'd not been to seminary. They marveled. They didn't even have a 501c3 or they weren't on TV. They realized though that they had been with Jesus who is the actual one who qualifies anybody for ministry. You don't need a 501c3 to ministry. You don't need to go to cemetery, I mean seminary, to be qualified for ministry. You gotta know Jesus and keep company with Jesus. If you keep company with Jesus, then the devil is gonna take a beating at your hands. He will. Amen. 
We're people of His presence. Look at Psalm 105.1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His doings among the people. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Meditate on. Talk of His marvelous deeds. Devoutly praise them. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek. And look at this. Require the Lord as their indispensable necessity. Oh, my goodness. We require of the Lord as our indispensable necessity. We cannot live without Him. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do. That's the problem with our country. Unfortunately, our politicians and the elect select and all the uh, money people and lobbyists. Oh, pray the lobbyists out of Washington. That's a lot of times where our politicians go awry. They get all this money thrown at them. Pressure, maybe even, hey, we're going to report this to the news unless you do what we say to do. So there's just a lot of attack and evil that goes on there. But in our country, we cannot produce. We don't understand yet that if you go into a country and destroy its government, why doesn't love and joy and peace reign? Because love and joy and peace are a person. You can't tear apart the government and not introduce the gospel of the kingdom of God into that country. Even democracy is made for a God-loving, God-fearing people, a people of morality. Amen? See? And then as as the uh, morality declines in our country, we have more and more government control, more and more laws. Why? Because the law serves as the restraint. When the Spirit of God is not lording human beings then there's no internal restraint. There has to be outward restraint. That's why we have so many more laws. Verse 4, seek, inquire, and uh, inquire of for the Lord. Crave Him. Man, everybody say crave Him. Crave Him in His strength. Crave His might. His inflexibility to temptation. And then look at this. Seek and require His face and His presence. How much? Continually evermore. So we're people of His presence. And here's the good news. Wherever you are, the culture of the Father's kingdom is. Wherever you go, the culture of righteousness and love and peace goes with you. Don't subject yourself to bad work environments without understanding the weapons you have to change the culture there. Well, nobody's nice to anybody. They're always running each other down. Well, then lead the way. Once you start baking pies, Bill, I just, I want to give you a pie, man. Or, uh, John, can I take you to lunch? Right? It's so much easier to stand there and cast stones. This is a terrible work environment. Well, he may want to use you. He might have sent you there. We want to pray ourselves out of these environments. I want to work in a Christian environment. (laughs) Well, maybe he sent you there because there are no Christians there. Somebody reminded, I was Carolyn Brantley reminded me this week how I often said, uh, if we're not careful, we'll pray ourselves into immaturity. Because we will always pray, God, I don't want any problems. Please let everything go well. Don't Now he wants to teach you to live by the Spirit and not by what you see and overcome the culture of the world. You're a counterculture in your workplace. You're not a subculture. You're a counterculture. You can set and change the environment there. 
You just need the wisdom of the Lord on how to do it. So we're becoming a counterculture here at Grace Church. Listen to this. Offering God's people their health, their strength, their peace of mind, their dignity, and their confidence, and their faith back. That was a prophetic word we had three weeks ago. Call for the restoration of all things, Jesus said. Bang the drum. Call for the restoration of all things because I have bound the strong man and I am restoring my people's health, strength, peace of mind, dignity, confidence, and faith. Amen. So number six, number six is, and I don't see it there, so I'll just give it to you straight. Stay dressed in the whole armor of God. How do we embrace the culture of our Father's kingdom? Well, you better realize there's a war going on. So we've got to stay dressed in the whole armor of God. Let's look at Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of <laughs> His might, not yours. If you eat that passage and look it up, you can even look it up in the Amplified. It's beautiful rend- rendering. It says... Uh, to, to live and act upon the power that comes from your union with Christ. So if you and Christ are in your workplace together, you're a majority. Our problem is we think we're going in there stone cold naked. So many Christians are living every day with one piece of armor on, the helmet of salvation, and the rest of you is stark naked. No wonder you're getting the tar beat out of you. He didn't get, just come to give you a helmet of salvation. He came to be Lord and then affect the climate that you're in. Because as I said earlier, the culture of the Father's kingdom is in you. It goes wherever you go. Amen. And as Kyle eloquently said last week, that the culture of the Father's kingdom is not just for the hereafter. It's for the here and now. We're to be living this life now. If you have a coworker who's ill, or maybe, God forbid, his daughter is really sick, and all you can say is, she won't be when she's dead and in heaven, she won't be sick anymore, you've made yourself irrelevant. He's going to laugh at you and walk away. But if you say that I serve a God, a Father in heaven, through the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can pray for your daughter to see a manifestation of healing here in this dimension on earth as it is in heaven. Well, now we've got something to talk about. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There it is. But against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Had a beautiful brother. He's working security uh, this morning. But uh, I asked his permission to share this. He, he had a situation at work where this guy just keeps rubbing him the wrong way. People quit right and left because he attacks one certain group of people. And uh, of which our brother belongs to this group of people. And so, uh, man, Brian, he just wants to punch this guy right in the face. And the other day, this week, he went nose to nose with him, right there at work, right there, just face to face, nose to nose, yelling at each other. It was so loud that some of the other people called the police, and they both got tickets. But uh, <laughs> listen to us. We're like, well, I'd never do that. Oh, my gosh. 
You're like, boy, that guy's got problems. <laughs> you know when you're listening to a message and you're thinking, I wish so-and-so was here. <laughs> Some of this could be for you. That's what I'm saying. Could be for you. James 1, 20 or 21 says, The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. And so the Lord began to deal with him. I told him, this is a good thing. What's happened is that this guy is on God's payroll because he's, I don't mean he caused it, but he's using it because he's teaching him how to fight the right fight. Second Corinthians 10, right? Even though we walk according to the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fisticuffs. They're not insults, hurling insult and screaming matches. We don't war that way. But I remember I was sitting with uh, Don Wheeler this week and we were just talking about situations where we get triggered. You know, that's such a big word. If we really knew who we were in Christ, if we knew that all of heaven and earth was in our possession, all authority in heaven and earth, we wouldn't get mad. Did Jesus... Just lose his cool. Yes, he did throw him out. Yes, so the money changers. But even that in him is righteous anger. I do not trust anger in Steve. I can trust it in him. But the reason we get mad and angry is we feel like we don't have any power to do anything. You do if you knew who you were. If you knew what you possessed in the culture of the kingdom of God, you'd go to town on that workplace. You'd start praying for that guy. You start interceding on, on his behalf. And I remember it's interesting because at the end of the night he said, uh, you know, this guy so reminds me of the old me. Shazam! <laughs> Doesn't he love to do that? God will take you out of the desert, put you in the rainforest, and then send you back to the desert to find people just like you. Because you can recognize them. And you can lead them to the rainforest. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God. So he says it twice, verse 11 and then 13. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand uh, in the evil day and having done all to stand. Verse 14, stand therefore. Are you getting the point? Stand therefore. Having girded your waist with truth. So there's the belt of truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, take the shield of faith where we... Uh, quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now look at verse 18. Praying always. I love this. With prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit, man. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Man, there's a war going on. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Paul said, or Peter says, be sober, be alert. For your enemy, your adversary, goes about as a roaring lion. There is a war going on. And the Lord needs to retrain your hands to fight His way. Not according to the flesh. Why? Because we're a counterculture to the world. We don't look like them, act like them, dance like them, etc. I don't mean dance physically. I mean, that's probably true too. (laughs) (laughs) it is true then so to put on the whole armor of God means you engage with it and you're immersed in it on a daily basis and like I said 
There's more to overcoming the devil than just being saved. You can't just wear the helmet of salvation and just think, well, I mean, the enemy loves this. This idea that, well, I'm saved. I got my ticket to heaven and I'll get my teeth kicked in until I'm dead. But, uh, you know, the devil's like, good, I'll rule you here. Politicians, and I mean evil, un, they don't mean well politicians. They want to rule you here. But I'll tell you who else wants to govern you here, and that is your Father, your Heavenly Father, by the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, wants to govern you. So we have to understand more than the helmet of salvation. He wants, he wants to be Lord, absolute owner, chief in charge, president, not just resident in you. He wants to lead you, guide you, direct you. That's why He lives in you is to do all those things so you can hear his voice, do what he says, do. We got to know our righteousness. We got to know our salvation. We got to understand the gospel of peace, shield of faith. And most Christians are somewhat aware of warfare, but they don't understand that the war occurs in our mind. There's so much warfare going on in our mind these days. The serpent didn't come against Eve with brute force. He reasoned. It's exactly right. But rather he used thoughts and words and reasonings to deceive her. And likewise, Satan tries to corrupt you through thoughts contrary to the mind of Christ and to the will of God. So Satan's original tactic was deception. It's still his tactic today. And he's going to solicit you in your mind, your thought life and human reasoning we're we're just up to our neck in human reasoning and they call it science and all this stuff science and scripture go hand in hand guys science real science proves scripture every single day so let's look at uh the belt of truth the belt of truth and I'll, let me show you this if you want to take a picture you'll have it this week there it is, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, etc. If you want to get that one. Okay, so let's look at the belt of truth. If this is a weapon versus Satan's kingdom, what's the fiery dart that truth helps you overcome? Lies. Deception. How about untruth? Are you ready? How about half-truth? And your natural reasoning. If you're living in habitual, known, unrepentant sin, I mean, you just blow right through it. You give no thought to it. You have deceived yourself by natural reasoning. The only way you could do that as a born-again Christian, because the Spirit's going to convict you of it, but if you continue just to blow through it without a second thought, then you are self-deceived, and somehow you've convinced yourself through human reasoning well, I deserve this, or this is okay for me to do this. But God will protest every step of your self-ruin. That is the love of God. He will vote no every time you do it. Thank you, Jackie. Deceitful plotting. <laughs> it stands against the trickery of men. Both those are in Ephesians chapter 4. Deceitful plotting, trickery of men. How about this, though? Listen to me. We can't just be acquainted with truth. 
familiar with it. We need to be anchored in truth. And hold on, we need to actually live the truth. We can't just be a counterculture because, well, we believe that's wrong. We believe this is true. We need to live the reality of truth. Not just say that we're familiar with it or we believe differently than somebody. Man, we're the living epistles people are reading. So let's get anchored in truth. Let's live the truth. If you believe a lie, what happens to you? You're enslaved. If you know the truth, you're free. John eight forty four. Satan is the father of all lies. Jesus called him that. So the culture of the Father's kingdom that we're building here is kept by living in and walking in the truth. That's how we keep it. And let me say this from my heart to yours. If, if you are carnal, if you just continue to live carnally and you're not growing in your knowing of truth and, and keeping company with Jesus who is truth, you will be absolutely deceived in this day. The day we're living in, I mean, they make it sound so good. Love is love. We should love everybody. Doesn't matter if it's two men, two women, doesn't matter. We're just going to sign off on anything. And it makes sense to the natural mind. But the natural mind is opposed to the Spirit of God. So in the name of tolerance, what we've done is now we tolerate evil. And I'm not just talking about same-sex marriage. Let's get real. I mean, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of things that we as a country are embracing in the name of tolerance. And now we justify what is unjustifiable. We justify the unjustifiable because natural man's reasoning is tricky. It's deceptive. You need to be familiar with truth. You know how they teach the bankers how to recognize counterfeit, right? They give them so much of the real money, they recognize counterfeit when they see it. That's how we have to be. And then do we come out with guns blazing? Because by God, we know the truth and you're wrong. No, we don't. You cannot win who you do not love. And we love human beings. Because the one who lives in us died for every one of them. <laughs> and it, you see what I'm saying? Don't get stuck on the mountain of I'm anti-same-sex marriage and not love people. Because you cannot reach who you do not love. But love does speak truth. That's where, that's where it's tricky because they say, oh, don't say anything. And they use the media to pressure all of us not to say anything because we're bad people if we don't believe what they believe. Which is so crazy because the thing started, the thing started with there is no absolute truth about 10 years ago or whatever. Do you realize when you say there is no absolute truth and we're going to shift the culture so everybody believes it, educate our kids that way, that that is an absolute truth? When you say there is no absolute truth. <laughs> right. But if you believe like us, you're in. So we need to be very acquainted and dressed in the belt of truth. Amen, somebody. It's the fiery dart against the trickery of men. I'm telling you, we will be deceived in this hour if we just live carnally. This whole idea, well, that's my truth. 
That's not Treva's truth. That's my truth. There is absolute truth, people. He was here before we got here. He'll be here long after we're gone. There are things that are true for me that are true for Treva. All that means is, oh, well, that's my truth. That means I want to do whatever I want to do. And that's Luciferianism. Do what thou wilt is the whole of satanic law. They sum up their, they have nine commands, not ten. And that's the summary statement. Do what thou wilt. So this is my truth. This is what I want to get away with. First John chapter two, verse 22. Who is a liar but he that, de- that denies Jesus is the Christ? John, the loving apostle, said that, not me. Who's a liar but he that denies Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist. The Antichrist will deny that Jesus is God. Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. And it sounds so palatable that, well, there's many ways to God. There's many ways. Well, that's not what Scripture teaches. Jesus even said, whoever believes on the Son is is free and redeemed. He, He who doesn't is condemned already. What do we do with that? So the Antichrist spirit is very deceptive. The Antichrist spirit, yes, can be contrary to Christ, but you don't hear a lot of people just coming out and saying, Jesus was a knucklehead, you know, Jesus is of the devil. You don't hear that. You just hear, no, everybody's the same as Jesus. There's many ways, but God didn't send Jesus here to start a religion to compete with other religions. Jesus Christ is God. The one true God, the living God. John 10.30, I and the Father are one. John 14.9, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John 1.18, Jesus Christ has revealed who God is to us. He is God come in the flesh. And if you deny that, you've been deceived by the spirit of the age, the spirit of the Antichrist. Because it's not just Antichrist, it actually means counterfeit Christ. Much more deceptive. I'm going to have to wrap this up because of baptism. Are you getting anything out of this? The Antichrist spirit is an ideology that is Antichrist, but it's also a counterfeit to Christ. And as Bob Yandian said about three years ago, and boy, he nailed it. Bob Yandian said, the war in America right now is not good versus evil. Everybody thinks it's good versus evil. The war is what man says is good versus what God says is good. That is the war. And man, what man says is good, he's rationalizing in his own mind apart from God. You can't do that. We're still at the same tree of knowledge of good and evil. This is good. This is bad. Whatever we tell you is good, it's good. Whatever we tell you is bad, is bad. No. Whatever the Lord Jesus Christ tells me is good, I will cling to. Whatever he says is evil, I will abhor. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. Does that make sense? But we don't hate people. Because we don't war with people. My goodness, you used to be one. Do you know how lost you were? (laughs) Your flash of brilliance that changed your world, Larry, was when you realized you need Jesus in here. And then all of a sudden the light came on and you started seeing some truth. You know, we just become so Christians like we can't relate to sinners. You used to be one. So have some grace. They need, oh, I love this. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You know, if you read the parable of the prodigal son, that the hug comes before the bath. Think about it. 
You can't reach who you don't love. The hug comes before the bath. In other words, after he's revealed himself as love to you, then he'll go to sanctifying you. And and people in the world cannot clean themselves. Even if they quit doing what you tell them is sinful, they could still go straight to hell. They need, yeah, they will go, thank you, Larry. They will go straight to hell. They, they need him. And he's the power to change. Not your shame and your guilt. Not condemnation that we put on people. That's not, that's not the power to change. Remember the woman caught in adultery? Neither do I condemn you. Then he said, go and sin no more. So the power to go and sin no more comes from knowing you're not condemned. So that's why in the parable of the prodigal son, the hug comes before the bath. If we'll become culture carriers of the Father's kingdom, love and righteousness. You know His righteousness is His love. If you look at the cross and He dies for everybody, that wasn't a symbol that God wants to make sure every single person gets exactly what they deserve, measured out to a T. That's not the cross. The cross is God revealing that His righteousness is love. Yes. Remember when He said uh, to the workers in the field, one guy only worked one hour and He gave him the exact same as He gave the guy who worked eight hours. And then the guy who worked eight hours was mad. Because the guy who got one hour was blessed. I love what Jesus said in the story. He said, or is your eye evil, envious, because I'm good? Prodigal son, older brother. Is your eye envious because I was good to him? Because I gave him a hug before I gave him a bath. Amen. We're going to have the worship team come. We're going to worship a little bit. I need just a few minutes to put on the waiters backstage. We're going to do three baptisms. But guys, listen, let's hook up, okay? Let's engage in what's going on. And I don't mean watch a bunch of television. I don't need to see all that to know that the world is going to world. But can I remind you, if you're getting mad, you've forgotten you have power to change things. And as long as we're here, as long as the Holy Ghost is here, as long as the Word of God is here, let's advance His kingdom. Let's be a counterculture. Let this place be a place of the love of God, the righteousness of God. And then remember, everywhere you go, you carry the culture of the Father's kingdom. Amen? Will you stand with me? You've been listening to Grace Church, advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.community.